and welcome to Talking Property with CBRE, a podcast in which our team of experts, our clients and industry specialists share insights in the way we live, work and invest through the lens of commercial real estate. My name is Sass Barley, Head of Industrial Logistics Research in Australia and Director of New South Wales Research. I'm your host for today's exciting episode, which we delve deep into the future of Sydney as we predict the city will accommodate an additional half a million people between now and 2030. This forecasted population growth makes Sydney one of the strongest growing cities of the developed world. So we will delve into what this means for retail spending, demand for office space, and how will industrial spaces evolve to cater for this growth. With predictions that their global economic headwinds in the coming 6 to 12 months, we're also asking our in-house experts for their take on what Occupy sentiment will look like in the coming year to help guide investors. Our experts include Tim Starling, Head of Retail Tenant Advisory Pacific, Mike O'Neill, Senior Director, Industrial Logistics, and Jenny Liu, Head of Change Management Pacific. Thank you for joining me today. might be worth giving a brief description of what you do. How about we start with you, Tim? So I look after the uh, Retail Tenant Advisory Business across Australia and New Zealand. We act for a number of luxury retail brands. We've got some sports goods brands and we've got a number of entertainment occupiers as well. And basically, we are their outsourced property arm. Right. And Jenny? Thanks, Sass. So Jenny Liu, Head of Change Management at CBRE. I lead our workplace change consultants in the Pacific. Uh, We have a really diverse team of experts with backgrounds in architecture, organisational behaviour and psychology. We also tap into a broader network of 750 workplace consultants globally within CBRE and our purpose is really to help our clients leverage their workplace to optimise employee and business performance. Fantastic. And Mike? Mike O'Neill, the New South Wales Director for Industrial Logistics and uh, I'm fortunate to run a team of 35 operators across the four offices in Sydney, covering South Sydney, North Sydney and Western Sydney. Fantastic. Thank you all. So I have the first question. We'll get straight into it. Now, the long-term macroeconomic fundamentals for New South Wales look strong. However, given the global headwinds expected over the next 6 to 12 months, what is the current sentiment for occupiers? And this is a question for all sectors, but let's start with Tim on retail. Yeah, thanks. Uh, So I think we're all very aware that the retail sector, particularly the bricks and mortar side of things, has had a particularly tough run of late. You know, we went straight from bushfires into a pandemic. And now, you know, just as we're coming out of the back of that, and we're starting to see some great normalisation and, you know, spend getting back to and in some instances ahead of where we were in 2019, sort of last affected year. We're now faced, of course, with these headwinds that you talk about. So it's a pretty frustrating time for retailers, you know, having just got back on their feet. We're now looking at the next 12 months saying spending is certainly going to tighten people's wallets, either through energy costs, fuel costs, or mortgage rates will certainly have an impact. So I think going into these next 12 months, um, people are particularly wary of what that means. And I think it means people are just going to pull back in terms of that expansion that they were looking at previously. So I don't think we're seeing the full force of it yet. So it's not doom and gloom, but certainly people are very wary about what's coming our way. 
Yeah. And I think um, that might be similar as well, translating into the online retail spend. So, Mike, what are your thoughts with respect to the industrial logistics space? SAS, I think the occupiers are probably facing different challenges, um, certainly from a property perspective. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that industrial occupier revenue has been accelerating for some time on a positive note. Uh, However, with 0.1% vacancy, occupiers have been faced with over 20% rental increases and that real shortage in the market has meant that a lot of users are really faced with a lot of compromise. So that may mean staying in premises that don't work ideally or relocating and compromising on location, size, configuration or timing. Whilst those rents we estimate are only 10 to 15% of occupancy costs, some of those costs that Tim touched on, fuel, energy, shipping costs, outgoings, and then you know, a shortage of labour, particularly casual labour, uh, has all put a lot of pressure on, on occupiers. Another pressure on uh, supply is the fact that construction costs have gone up by over 20% in 2022 alone. Uh, And that's meant that a lot of developers considering multi-level plans have slowed down, particularly when we're finding rents, including for secondary assets, have gone up. And we're finding that some developers are putting those plans on hold and pushing the rents for their existing sites. And in that shortage of labour, Jenny, what are you seeing in the office space? So what we're seeing is there's definitely more competition. Workplaces are really having to compete to provide this amazing experience to draw people back in. We're seeing a high demand for premium office space with a flight to quality and tenants really looking to trade up on quality and location, given that such a focus in retaining and attracting the best talent. With hybrid working, you know, occupiers we're finding are still figuring it all out. But contrary to what we originally thought, we're not downsizing. In fact, most of our clients are growing and wanting to absorb this in our current footprint or expand their existing footprint. We're also seeing an increased use in flexible space, co-working space, you know, serviced office amenities to supplement existing premises as, as we navigate through what the new normal is. What we are seeing is people are returning to the workplace, which is great, and occupancy is at 53%. Many organisations, in fact, feel that this might be the new normal. And that 53% occupancy, is that Sydney-focused or is that nationally? That's nationally. Okay. And I assume it'd probably be a bit higher in Sydney? I'd say Sydney and Melbourne, yeah, definitely. I think it's quite poignant to point out that footfall is down. You know, we're at 50% in Sydney CBD, but retail spend is back in line pre. So we've got 50% less people, but the spend's the same. So it means the conversion rate's up. All the restaurants and bars are packed. So whilst we're adjusting to the norm in terms of footfall, when people are in the CBDs, they want to spend, they want to shop, they want to dine out. You think about how hard it is to get a reservation in the city. (laughs) Well, well, I know, it's great. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) It's not, but it is. (laughs) And aren't we back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of attendance at concerts and sporting events and... Yeah. So clearly people are, you know, when they're going to make the trip into town, they're spending which is what we need. Yeah. So looking at more the next five to 10 years, so 
In our future Sydney report, we noted, as I mentioned before, population will be a real key driver of demand with respect to retail spend as well as industrial space requirements. So question to Tim first is how do we see this evolving in the next five to ten years? Are occupiers' space needs changing? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think if you look at a number of the sectors, particularly leisure, there's a significant shortage in labour in that particular sector. And I think migration, when we talk about migration, I think we need to talk about tourism as well, because a lot of that tourist population was working in that leisure sector. So I think population growth is fantastic for us from an occupier standpoint. I think it's going to make things slightly more competitive because the planning laws on retail, certainly in Sydney, dictate that space is incredibly tight. So if there's more population and there's more spend, there's going to be more competition from occupiers to acquire bigger, better stores in better located grade A locations. And I think that's going to drive competition. So, you know, we're in this really nice period for occupiers at the minute where deals are probably once in a generation because of the pandemic's factors and what it's meant for for commercial retail rents. But if we see a pretty steady population growth and spend starts to return back to pre-pandemic levels, it's only going to create more competition in the market. So um, it's great for a number of sectors, but for occupiers as a whole, I do think it will start to drive competition back and create more of a landlord market again. Yeah. And and do you think we'll see other uses occupy the retail space, such as, you know, last mile logistics? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of discussion around these department stores, both discount and and others being Myron David Jones and, and what the future of those businesses are. Now, what we're seeing is a significant downgrading of space in that sector. And we're seeing a lot of leisure occupiers come in. But now with everyone having got used to pandemic spending online and the speed of delivery, the importance is now absolute forefront for people to get their product as quickly as possible. So a lot of retailers are now testing those last mile deliveries in shopping centres in some of those dead spaces. So I think faster and quicker product to client is certainly where we're going as an industry. And I think that we're only at the infancy of what that looks like space-wise. And I think it's got a long way to go. Yeah, totally agree with you on that one. So we're speaking on delivery times and shorter delivery times. Mike, what do you see happening or evolving in the industrial logistics space over the next five to 10 years? Well, there's certainly until at least mid-2024, we're expecting a real shortage in supply. We've seen occupiers move to that well-publicised just-in-case model versus just-in-time. I think it will be interesting to see what transpires as shipping costs begin to come off and consumer spend with increasing mortgage rates, whether in fact... Uh, some of the occupiers don't move back towards just in time, particularly these inflated rents, but that will be interesting to watch. And I think your estimation, SAS, I, th- I believe it's around a need for an extra four square metres for every new Australian. Yeah, four and a half square metres, Mike. Yeah, so that, that would mean that we're needing to accommodate an extra million square metres of space and so equally, we are seeing some of the larger groups move towards automation, but that's that's probably reserved for the largest groups in the market. So in summary, I, I suspect we'll certainly need to increase the amount of supply over the next two to three years, but it'll be an interesting one to watch in 2024, 25, what the demand is like. 
Yeah. And with respect to automation, um, you touched on it there. Do you think, you know, by 2030, say, we'll see a lot more fully automated warehouses or do you think it's still going to be more of a hybrid? Well, recent examples that we've worked with for the largest groups, it is a hybrid solution where it is a combination of both. And so I suspect that will remain the case for at least for the medium term, unless, of course, it's amongst the biggest occupiers. Yeah, and those um, occupiers that have opted for more of a hybrid solution, do they have specific requirements with respect to their height clearance and um, some specifications of the building? Yes, it would certainly most of those groups are obviously finding it very hard to move into existing buildings, slab loadings especially important. There's certainly a push for more solar from a lot of those groups and even uh, talking about the needs for power for electric vehicles. And when we look towards the US, we are seeing groups in Australia who are sort of looking towards that more of a cross-dock type facility with the need to accommodate a lot of vehicles at any one time. Yep. And moving on more to the office space. Now, given our forecast show that white-collar employment will continue an upward trend over the next decade, we expect the demand for office floor space to remain at relatively healthy levels. So are current office space requirements changing and how will this impact office developments in the medium to long term, uh, Jenny? White-collar employment has grown faster than the occupied stock in Sydney. Hybrid working means that we need less office space per employee than previously required. Despite this, CBRE expect the total office footprint of corporates in the major Sydney markets to grow by half a million square metres over that period. What we do know, as I mentioned before, is the quality of the workplace has an important role to play in attracting and retaining top talent. You know, companies are moving to higher quality buildings with superior amenities and are willing to pay higher rents to provide a better workplace environment for their people. We know that there's a shift to focus on the holistic workplace experience and its alignment with the organisational brand and creating culture within organisations. Companies are shifting away from, you know, allocated and assigned seating to really redefining what work points should be and what they are and, and providing a menu of options for their people to choose from. Another thing we know is hybrid working is here to stay and there's no one size fits all to that approach. Hybrid working requires a different balance of spaces and different workspace models to suit different organisations and work styles. Hybrid work policies are now enabling organisations to differentiate themselves from their competitors as well. But what we do know is that hybrid working means we need different types of spaces. We know that the purpose of the office has changed, right? People come into the office to collaborate, to socialise, to share knowledge. That can't be replicated. Um, Face-to-face connection, although we know technology is a really good connector, can never be replaced. But the office is not just for, and I think this is where people get it wrong, it's not just for the social collaborations and interactions. We also do need to provide spaces for different types of work, like the quiet focused work. And for hybrid meetings, we need small spaces to be able to conduct those effectively. And we know also what we're seeing is that more and more post-pandemic is that ESG credentialed buildings and well workplaces are being prioritised in terms of what clients are looking for and their people. 
Yeah. And do you have any examples from offshore occupiers that we think will occur in, in Sydney? Yeah, so I mean, you know, there's examples offshore and there are examples within Australia as well. So examples from offshore, you know, we see what Lego's doing with their headquarters in Denmark. You know, they're creating these self-contained villages with everything you need at your fingertips, auditoriums, workshops, cafes, even accommodation for visiting employees. Similarly, in the Google campus in California, you know, they've got 240 rooms for employees. They've got huge event spaces, really flexible areas for teams to work. It's quite modular. It's very agile. You know, there's a plethora of open and enclosed settings to choose from to really allow people to transition from collaborative to focused states of work seamlessly. We've got organisations providing childcare, doctors on site, rooftop gardens. There's a huge focus on hospitality. LinkedIn has a space set aside for networking. It includes a silent disco where people can dance with, with headphones on. You know, people are thinking about different ways to experiment provide great experiences to magnetise people back into the workplace. Great. And talk through um, Sydney's emerging tech sector. So as we know, Australian companies, particularly in the finance and tech sectors, have been creating really interesting work environments to attract and retain employees. If we think about, you know, the different workplace projects that have been undertaken in the last five years, you know, we've got CBA and their development at South Everly, we've got Macquarie Bank, AMP, Atlassian at Tech Central. I mean, that's going to be an amazing development and really focusing on sustainability. Atlassian's office at Tech Central will be powered by 100% renewable energy from day one of operation. They'll also have 50% less embodied carbon in construction compared to a conventionally constructed similar building and 50% less energy consumption compared to a conventional building. And just really emphasising that this project will be a new benchmark for sustainability, workplace design and ultimately deliver the best space to engender collaboration, innovation and excellence. We're also talking about, I mean, this links into some of the other things we're discussing around a 24-hour economy and precincts that really generate a lot of excitement and energy in cities. Fantastic. Well, look, I think um, our experts here have covered off a lot of key points with respect to retail, um, industrial logistics and the office space. And I think it's fair to say that the future of Sydney is looking quite attractive for investors and occupiers as well, with a lot of growth potential in all three sectors over the next decade. So thank you so much for joining me. It's been a great discussion. And thanks for listening to Talking Property with CBRE. If you like the show and want to check out more, visit cbre.com.au forward slash Talking Property or subscribe through Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can learn more about the trends shaping Sydney by reading the full report, Future Sydney Investment Destination. Simply click on the link in our show notes. Join me next time where we'll be discussing the impact migration is having on investors across retail, industrial logistics and office sectors. Until next time.